0: Hello everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of In Context, a CCSU journalism department podcast. I am Kelly Langevin, your podcast producer, and today's episode is all about entrepreneurship during the pandemic. CCSU journalism student Bella Chan sat down with Olivia Carlson, the creator of Quarantine Bears. And later we will hear from journalism student Amanda Kenny, who interviewed with Billy Grant, a financial advisor, on how to navigate the stock market. For many people, the pandemic brought their life to a halt and left them feeling trapped. But Olivia Carlson saw an opportunity to help others, specifically children. So she created Quarantine Bears.
1: It actually kind of just came to me in the middle of the night. I'd never expected to start a business, but I just had the idea to sew two matching masks, one for the bear and one for the child so that the child can feel more comfortable wearing a mask by having a little teddy bear that wears one too.
0: What do you feel like has been one of your biggest challenges of just starting this in the middle of a pandemic? Like, yes, your business was because of the pandemic, but then it's also, oh my God, I'm in a pandemic.
1: Well, since my product is catered to the pandemic, I feel like the pandemic hasn't gotten in the way. I think the biggest challenge or like the hardest thing about this is just seeing how much people are struggling. Um, And I'm so happy that my bears can help and provide a positive cuddly friend. But I think it's definitely like I've realized how many people really are struggling because of it. I think at the end of the day, whatever your, if you wanna say political um, outlook on wearing masks is, everyone has to do it and everyone has to wear a mask at some point and um, at the end of the day it's for our health and it's for other people's health and i guess my whole idea and mission is just nobody likes wearing masks no matter who you are i'm just doing this to make it a little bit more fun and for the transition for kids to be easier and also parents have used the bears as a way to introduce the masks to their young kids who have to start wearing them so it's just really to make it an easier process
0: Do you make masks for the parents too? I do sometimes. And some parents have
1: wanted to like match their kids and their bears. And then also um, I've made adult size masks for there's been like grandparents that are in the hospital because of COVID or just isolated in nursing homes. Um, And their grandkids want to send their like grandma and grandpa a cutie bear. So I definitely make adult sizes too.
0: The business's success came as a surprise to Olivia as she confesses to having no knowledge on business or even on how to sew. For Olivia, the beginning stages of Quarantine Bears were a learning experience.
1: So at the beginning, I was only using material that people donated to me. So I didn't even let like, my customers have an option. It was like, hey, who wants a quarantine bear? And I would just use whatever fabric I had. But as time has gone on, more people have donated to me, which is so awesome. But I also purchase fabric now, prints that I like. And people can choose what, what color masks they want for their bear and for their kid.
0: Olivia says she loves being hands-on in the creation process, but sewing by hand while also managing her business was not possible. To keep up with the high demand, Olivia began working with the mask manufacturer. Though the assistance is great, she admits it also limits what she is able to do creatively.
1: The only downside is that obviously there can't be unlimited amounts of designs and colors now, so I actually just went through the process and I chose five designs that I liked. I don't have them yet. They're in the mail, so they should be here any day. And then after that, I'm going to try to get them on Amazon. So the ball's rolling.
0: (laughs) Olivia said even when the pandemic is over and wearing masks is no longer mandatory, she plans to bring her teddy bear business into hospitals to bring comfort to people in a new way.
1: I um, would really like to start looking into how I can get my bears in hospitals to help kids that are in hospitals. And obviously, after the pandemic, there's always going to be people in hospitals. I kind of want to go that route.
0: For now, she says customers can easily make orders on her website.
1: So um, you'll go to cutiebear.com, which is my website, and you'll press shop, and then it will have you fill out your name, your contact info, and then it will ask you how, what the child's name is that this bear is going to and how old they are. And I have that on there so that I know what size to make the mask. And then they can choose, I have a section where you can type in what color mask you want for the kids. So if you have an idea in mind that you want polka dots, you can write that. Or if you just want a pink one, you can do that. And then I go from there and I make the best mask that I think the child
0: would like. Olivia shares that for her, the business is more than just that. It is about what it brings for others.
1: I think it just is a light in a dark time and just turns a negative into a positive because this whole pandemic is definitely not fun. And it's just a little easy, simple thing that can bring joy to someone's day.
0: If starting a business isn't the route for you, don't stress. Amanda Kenny spoke with a financial advisor about how college students can benefit from investing in the stock market to better prepare them for their future.
2: What if someone told you you could make some extra cash from anywhere? If you know where to start, Billy Grant says the stock market can be a good investment and you can do it from your phone or computer.
3: You know, at a most fundamental level, buying a stock is buying ownership in a company. And so, if you believe in that company, or if you believe that that company is currently not at fair value, meaning the stock price is worth X, and you think uh, the stock price is maybe worth X times two, and for some reason the market or other people haven't just figured that out yet, then you'd want to buy that stock and and appreciate. In value what you've put into it. So it's a vehicle that you would use to grow retirement assets. It could be used for short or long term. You know, just depending on uh, what your goal is, you want to try to align your risk tolerance to that goal and then figure out which stock fits that risk tolerance.
2: How can college students make use of the stock market? How would one get started?
3: So if you are younger and looking to start getting into some investing, much like going to a casino, you need to have a plan before you get there. And when you go to the casino, you don't just show up with the debit card and say, I'm going to, you know, this is my limit. No, you maybe want to show up with $100 cash and say, this is what I'm willing to play with. And the stock market is the same.
2: Before you get started, Grant says you want a financial cushion, about three months of living expenses at a minimum. So if things don't work out, you have that to fall back on.
3: If you've got that, then we need to look at when do you need this asset? If you need the asset for a home purchase in two years, we need to find some more conservative stocks or maybe a blend between stocks and bonds. You know, if this is a long-term goal for retirement that's 60 years away, you have the benefit of being able to take a little bit more risk and hopefully gonna get more return in reward for that.
2: Why should a college student be interested or even be thinking about investing? How can this make sense on a college student's budget?
3: You know, one of the keys to savings, saving early and saving often, not necessarily how much you save. If, if the question was, hey, I, I'm on a tight budget, and I know retirement's important. How do I save the least and get the most in the long term? Well, the answer to that is starting today. Now, the longer you wait, the more you have to contribute because the less growth you're gonna have in your portfolio and need to make up for that out of your own pocket.
2: For a college student, they're gonna be busy. They have classes, they don't have a ton of money. What are some tools that can help this make sense to them and keep it interesting enough for them to want to continue on a more long-term basis? Mm
3: One of the things I used to look at early on was Investopedia. Um, There's newsletters there that send out daily definitions. So I'll just take some term in the financial world and put a little quick video to it. And they illustrate it well that it made sense to me as a, a young investor.
2: Grant also says diversifying early and having a strategy is key. That means putting your money into a mix of high and low risk stocks. The S&P 500 is what investors call an index fund. It's kind of like a portfolio or collection of the top 500 stocks in the U.S. that are profitable based on the performance of the group as a whole. So if one stock does poorly, the others that are still doing well will essentially balance it out. Grant says this is a safer investment.
3: So get that core strategy set up. Say you're saving 100 bucks put 75 of that into the index fund. And if you've got a stock that you really believe in, you like the idea of it, maybe put the other 25 into that.
2: Grant suggested a few great apps to get you started if you are interested in investing for the short or long term. Robinhood, eTrade, and Vanguard are all downloadable in any app store to make your investing a little easier. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of In Context. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes by the CCSU
1: Journalism Department.